All right, welcome into the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, alongside my co-host, Zane. Happy to be back this week. As always, we start off with our drinks. I got just some water today. Got a little sticker from my water bottle, too, a little moose. Zane, what do you got in front of you today? Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. Yeah, really great weekend in sports, so happy to be back for another episode. Tonight, I'm doing a Paloma Mamitas. Nice. Great drink. Great drink to kick off the week. All right, let's dive right into it. We'll start off with some college football, and let's dive into one, uh, a couple games here. Were you more impressed, Zane, with Florida State's win over Duke or another ranked win with Ohio State over Penn State? Yeah, two really great games on the college football slate. I was most impressed probably by Ohio State, though. Uh, both Ohio State and Florida State are playing very well this year. Both have actually an identical win differential right now, 23 points. Um, in my opinion, I knew Duke was going to hang around. I didn't really think that Duke had a chance to win. And I know we've kind of, you know, questioned James Franklin in big games only being 3-15 and 15 in the past. Uh, but that was still a game which I thought was much more of a coin flip. And I think it turned out to be much more of a coin flip as it was a one-score game uh, as opposed to the Duke's, you know, Florida State game. Uh, you know, Florida State's proved to me, though, that they can win, you know, big games as well. Uh, beating LSU early in the season, that was a nail-biter. Uh, but Ohio State has shown in very clutch one-possession games um, that they're, they can grind out a win. And they can also, you know, beat the brakes off of people as well. Uh, so I thought a, a better win on the Ohio State front. Yeah, this is a good point. I, I think people have been, and I haven't even said this myself, that Ohio State's down the issue. Maybe because, like, the offense doesn't look as explosive where they're not putting up 50 or 60 points every single year. They're definitely relying on their defense a lot more. And I feel like that's the strength of this team as opposed to the other way around where it's been like that for the past decade, it's felt like, where the offense has really carried that team. I'm going to go with Florida State being the more impressive team this past weekend. Duke's defense is just, they are elite this year. And I thought for Florida State, especially being down early in that game after a lot of self-inflicted wounds there, I I thought they did a really good job of coming back. And then, honestly, it wasn't even close at the end. I mean, they just blew them out at the end, 38-20, to I think. So they really just ran away with the game at the end. And I, I was just really impressed with the dominance of Florida State on the back half after they stopped shooting themselves in the foot. This is definitely a college football playoff team. It's their spot to lose. Uh, Duke has nothing to to be sad about with that game. It was on tough road environment. I do think Zane, uh, Penn State, James Franklin. I feel like we've seen the ceiling of this team. This is like the best team he's had on paper, at least in a long time. And I feel like it, this was the year to kind of take that step forward. Now they still have to play Michigan, so we'll see how they do against Michigan. But uh, not a good start so far with their James Franklin um, supposed like new new team in the new direction. Yeah, James. The James Franklin situation reminds me of Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, just a perennial contender. But yeah. when it came to primetime games, just almost could never win a primetime, and not even primetime. Just one of those top ten matchups, top five matchups, could never seem to win those games. Uh, these two teams, though, it's going to be very, very interesting. In the same weekend, Florida State plays Florida. 
huge matchup for those two teams. And then Ohio State will play Michigan uh, the same weekend, which is just after Thanksgiving. Uh, so both these teams have those games circled. But, you know, I, I would be careful, right? Those are always There's always a trap game somewhere in there for each of these teams. Uh, but if they can each make it to that weekend, that is going to be one heck of a weekend for college football. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a weekend. And, I mean, I, I feel that was a really good point about Brian Kelly and Notre Dame. I feel like they were just uh, consistently pretenders. They were just always on the doorstep and just never really taken seriously. Even when the Nash, even when they did make the national championship game, they did just obviously we saw how that ended up. Always. All right, let's flip the script and talk. Yeah. Let's talk about the NFL here, and uh, we'll we'll start talking about the performances that least impressed us and maybe bring us the most concern talking about these teams. Let's talk about the upsets that happened with San Francisco against the Minnesota Vikings and uh, also the Buffalo Bills losing to their division rivals, the New England Patriots. Who were Which performance and maybe which team are you most concerned with moving forward, Zane? Yeah, I think I'm most concerned with Buffalo. Um, I anticipate the 49ers getting back. You know, they're kind of in a weird slump. They got to play the Bengals next week. So really, that's really a tough game to try and bounce back against. But for me, the Bills have have almost just deflated. It seems like they're, they've lost their confidence. Um, Josh Allen doesn't seem to be the guy that you want with the ball. Fourth quarter, you know, two and a half minutes left, and you go, "Oh man, we're good. We're in good hands. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna score." Actually, it was the other end, on the opposite end. Mac Jones got the ball late in the game, drove him down, you know, scored very late in the game, and you almost thought it should have been, you know, the other way around. So, uh, for me, the Bills seem to have lost their kind of momentum. And I just don't think they can get it back. I don't know if they've lost. They certainly probably shouldn't have lost confidence in Josh Allen. Let's not go that far. Um, but it just seems like maybe they're not rallying around him right now. They don't seem as dominant as they have been the past couple of years. They don't seem as much of a a given, I guess, this year. Uh, they're definitely, I, I still feel like they're playoff uh, or AFC title contenders. Um, they just don't look as, I don't know, like they're going to run rough shot to the AFC. Now, AFC is definitely probably the toughest the toughest of the two conferences. But they don't look as much of a threat to Kansas City as they used to. And then uh, they, don't look any, they don't look like they're going to beat down Cincinnati this year in the playoffs either. So uh, we'll see how they bounce back. But so far, haven't been really impressed. They kinda, they're, they've come out of the gates like Cincinnati Bengals have the past few years. Where they just you know kind of just wait until the playoffs or the back half of the season to really pick up steam, but um, like we've talked about, Zane, they really need to get it together if they want to have home field playoff advantage. Yeah, they they are dropping games where you look at the end of the season and you go, ah, oh, we had to have those, right? You're dropping games mm-hmm. against Jacksonville, should have had it. Dropping games against the New England Patriots, who couldn't cover to save their lives so far this season. Should right, should have had it. Uh, Miami stumbled last uh, last night against the Eagles, right? So you had an opportunity to take a step closer to a division rival. Somehow the Jets are hanging around at three and three. Who saw that coming? So 
you especially you know for the NFC East, you can't lose division games, and they're going to look back at the end of the season if they miss the playoffs by a game or two. They're going to look at games like these and and think to themselves, should have had it. I agree. I agree. All right, let's talk about some of our Heisman hopefuls. Probably about a little over halfway through the season here. Obviously, Caleb Williams, the defending uh, Heisman Trophy winner, is still in the in the race, but he's kind of regressed a little bit, Zane, here, and kind of opened the door. Michael Penix Jr. has uh, maybe taken uh, first place in the voting if it ever happened today. But also, J.J. McCarthy of Michigan Wolverines may be a little bit of a dark horse, although maybe we'll see how his candidacy is affected by the Michigan uh, scandal that, that's gone on. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show here. Heisman hopeful so far. What are your who are the big front runners that stand out to you right now? If you had to vote today, who would you be your Heisman Trophy winner? Yeah, certainly uh, Michael Panix Jr. Really, for me, is at the top of the list right now. Like you said, Caleb Williams now two losses on the season in in games where you feel like you needed your your. Cor- quarterback play would have elevated that right we look at utah and we say oh man that quarterback just found a way to get it done um tough game but those are the ones you expect caleb williams to pull out which he has really kind of come up short in the two biggest games of the year um versus michael panics jr biggest game of the year against oregon went toe-to-toe with them ended up you know winning that game so right now for me, and he's just putting up video game numbers over there, despite really not having yeah. um, a, a fantastic defense. It's been serviceable this year for Washington, but not a great defense. Uh, so right now for me, it's Michael Panix Jr. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good point that he is. He's kind of carrying that team. And like, like you said, with, with USC, you'd think at home, and with Utah, been I mean, he's still a backup QB. I mean, I know he's been starting every single game, but that's Cameron Rising's team, and he's really taken that team by the horns. And he's just he's a great. He's the who is the who is that Washington quarterback that we always um, give fanfare to? Watch uh, the Washington Commanders uh, quarterback that was the backup, the third string backup that came in for a few games. You anyway, about he's just that that spunky QB. Yeah, Taylor Heineke. I feel like that Utah QB reminds me of Taylor Heineke almost, where he's just just gritty, just somehow just will do anything he has to to get the job done and get that the team his victory, even if it's not going to look pretty. He just he's that type of quarterback. And uh, Caleb Williams didn't have that same. Uh, he's great talent, but he didn't. I, they didn't come out with a win. It, he didn't do what needed to be done to. To, to win that game and I know he did lead a scoring drive at the end their last possession but um, there's a lot more opportunities throughout the game that he did not capitalize on so I think he's definitely in the back seat and I think this is Michael Penix's um, race to lose at this point yeah. um, alright let's talk about our final thoughts with uh, Michigan football feel like we have to dive into it, Zane. Corey's not here to defend himself, and that's fine because we weren't really going to defend him anyway. But he does have <laughs> a statement to make uh, based on uh, Michigan football and um, 
their scandal that's going on. For those of you who don't know, background is that essentially there's a sign stealing scandal going on where um, a Michigan staffer would go for the past three years and pretty much on the upswing of Michigan football over the past three years is when uh, purportedly this started. Um, he would go to the games. He would essentially film the signs and then report back to the team and they would compile everything and they pretty much knew what was going to happen and when it was going to happen too. So uh, Corey's response to this is to begin, it seems like a low level analyst found a loophole in the rules and bought tickets for non-staffers to go to games. Every team attempts to steal signs and scouts, simply a witch hunt. Run a play inside our 10-yard line just once, and then we may consider any complaints. Hashtag Harbaugh. Hashtag JJ for Heisman. Hashtag Ryan Day sucks toes. So just a little side jab at Ohio State, as always. I don't agree with Corey. If doesn't, it, it, I don't know if I'm, oh, it's exactly which hunt. Maybe. Maybe if uh, Harbaugh didn't lie to the NCAA, maybe they wouldn't be coming after him. So uh, maybe he's kind of did it to himself. But then also run a play inside our own 10-yard line just once, and then we may consider any complaints. Uh, well, if you stop the team and you know what play they're going to run, how is the team supposed to get to the 10-yard line if you're going to uh, know what's going to happen every single time? Zane, your thoughts initially to this Michigan scandal? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Ryan Day sucking toes is certainly a red herring. Uh, we will uh, stick to the point here. But for me, I I think college football just shouldn't have signs, right? Like, you could have hand signals, whatever you want, but a college football should just do away with the signs uh, and and just stick to the headsets. uh, And I think we wouldn't have this problem. Uh, It's not, it's not the Patriots filming practice sessions, right? It's, it's public information. Anybody in the stands with a, Right, an iPhone could film the other signs as well and and do analysis for a team posted on TikTok and I don't know maybe Jim Harbaugh is just watching TikToks and he's he's stealing signs. I'm really not too sure, uh, but I think college football should just do away with the signs in general anyway. Do you think there should be any punishment for Michigan football, and what should it be if there is one? No, I don't think the NCAA can hand out a consistent punishment so uh, I think they just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and decide to right that's their gauge for what they're going to hand out that day Um, so for me if the big 10 wanted to do something uh, you know levy a fine levy whatever they wanted to do that would be fine Uh, but I I wouldn't trust the NCAA's unbiased impartial uh, decision-making process. Should any wins be taken away if it comes back that Michigan did, in fact, know all of the plays that were happening, essentially, for the past three years? And know when and what was going to be happening, what play was going to be called? No, not, I mean, not to me, personally. Like I said, if they're doing, they're not, they weren't filming any practices, right? Practices, you can't, obviously, can't film practices but if if they're just watching the games or filming the games and those teams are having their signals during the game anybody anybody could could record that so to me uh didn't stop georgia from just or excuse me tcu last year 
right? So good good teams. Or Georgia be, the year before. Right, yeah, or Georgia the year before. Just absolutely curb stomped them. So uh, to me, no, I, I don't think any wins need to be taken away. Yeah, my my opinion is, depends on what comes out. Obviously, obviously innocent until proven guilty, but the suspension of the staffer is not a good start to show their innocence, Michigan football's innocence. Uh, my biggest thing would be maybe uh, so, so, some suspensions within the coaching staff, some fines, um, depending on how much it was. Uh, maybe you, I don't know if you take any wins away. I never like that. I never like taking wins away. Um, unless it benefits my school directly, but I, I would not do that at, at this point. Probably just some some fines and suspensions, short term suspensions, if I was going to do anything. Um, with regards to the Ryan Day sucks toes things, probably just a Michigan fan. Uh, obviously, that's just a Michigan fan uh, statement right there. It had nothing to do with the actual scandal. I don't think Ryan Day had anything to do with this. But it is interesting that uh, when this. Uh, supposed science science healing did start was on the Michigan upswing a few years ago and when Ohio State started losing to Michigan. So um, we will uh, we'll see if there's any connection with that, if that actually had to do anything up there. They start sucking again because they can't uh, steal signs. All right, Zane, thank you for hopping on. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, next episode, we, ho- we hope to talk about uh, World Series baseball, some NBA basketball is starting up tomorrow, so we're excited for the start of the NBA season. We'll talk some of our Bulls. We'll talk uh, sort of some of our uh, Cleveland. Um, oh, what's the name? Yeah, um, Cleveland basketball. What, what's the what's the mascot? The Cleveland um, Cavaliers. Cavaliers. What am I doing? And that water is getting to you. Oh, I've been drinking too much water tonight. All right, so we'll talk about some NBA, talk some World Series, and of course we'll talk a little bit of football too. So everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon.